Welcome to the Duathlon Show. This episode, New York Triathlon Race Directors Interview. Recently, I sat down with George Kutsadantes and Hunter Leiden of New York Triathlon. NYTRI is a grassroots, not-for-profit race organization that will be running its 40th season of duathlon and triathlon racing in 2024. 2024 will also be George and Hunter's first year leading the org as senior race director and assistant race director, respectively, taking over from retiring director Ron Darris. Hunter and George are two New York City locals, founders of an amateur triathlon team known as the Beasts from Reese, and all-around good guys. It was a fascinating time to sit down and speak with two guys on the cusp of taking over the only organization running successful multi-sport races in the largest city in the USA. These guys are really keeping duathlon and triathlon alive in New York. So without further ado, let's get stuck into this interview. The first voice you'll hear after mine will be Hunter's. Let's cue those footsteps. All right, George and Hunter, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to start out and ask you first about what do you know about the history of the New York Tri organization that you guys are now running? Uh, yeah, so from my understanding, it started in 1983 as uh, kind of just almost like a get-together. And then in 1984, they had their first actual racing begin. And it was started by this gentleman, uh, Dan Honig, I believe. I saw that name. Yeah. 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 Um, and I spoke on the phone once with Dan. We spoke on the phone and yep. Ron introduced us, you know, again, over the phone. And from the, the history that I've read, he used to do something like 15 to almost 20 events a year at, some, at a certain point after getting some traction with the organization. I think he did events in some places in upstate New York. Uh, all five boroughs, yeah, all five I believe boroughs, also. Long Island. Long Island. Yep. Also, maybe New Jersey. I'm not so sure. Again, this started in 1983, 84. The club Bef- became official in 84. Right. And, and this was, but this was all well before even I was born. <laughs> and then. I was one. Again, I didn't, I didn't start racing uh, with this organization until 2019. Um, beyond Dan. Yeah, um, he passed the torch over to our predecessor, Ron, uh, back in 2017. And Ron's been running it for the last couple of years. Uh, he had a little tough time during COVID. And for, you know, obvious other reasons, he wanted to turn it over to some young, like-minded guys. And uh, honestly, it was just such an organic, like, thing that happened between Ron, Hunter, and myself. And we were just blessed that it all happened. Like, it was, it's been kind of crazy the last two years. Like, yeah, the last it really, two years has been yeah, wild. It's been wild. Yeah, uh, yeah so history-wise... There's a lot we don't know because we kind of just got our feet wet with actually participating in the races starting in 2019. And from participating in and enjoying those races, the next thing we knew, we were we were approached by Ron to uh, come on as race directors while he yeah. while he passed the baton to us. So uh, I wish we had more to yeah. say about it. And the, it, the club is turning 40 this year, actually. Yes, that's it's true. It's turning 40, which is pretty yeah. incredible. So this, yeah, 2024 season will be our 40-year anniversary, and we're planning some some big things for that. Yeah, it should be fun. Maybe one of those things should be learning more about 
<laughs> that's excellent that's excellent to hear so 83 84 85 my understanding is that that would have been like really in the early history of triathlon and, and kind yeah. of multi-sport in this country it was kind of being invented out in california or maybe hawaii during yeah. that time we think of places like kona in hawaii or maybe just california or florida where it's year-round hot weather as like triathlon or uh, multi-sport meccas but I want to ask you guys, as both of you born and bred New Yorkers, talk about New York City as a hub or not for multi-sport today and, and you know, in the future. Well, I think the, the future is bright for this sport. In particularly where, where we first met, Queens, New York, uh, Rockaway Queens, is a great place for young triathletes, young duathlon people to get together and uh, and just, like, grow organically. It's, it's fun, like... The boardwalk is flat. Any kind of le- skill level can get into it, uh, right? I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, as far as New York being a hub for multi-sport fitness, right? Swim, bike, run, you know, say, you know, what? there's so many other sports you could even name. There's 9 million people here. And that's 9 million people, well, hopefully, that are interested in some sort of uh, athletic endeavor, so yeah, when we met up going to Rockway Beach, it was just going for swims. Next thing I know, ask if I have a bike, and I go, I think my dad has a bike in the garage somewhere. So and then I bring my bike the next time, and then we bring running shoes the next time. Talk, talk more about that. What are your origin stories in multi-sport? Expand on these. I want to hear from both of you. Oh yeah, sure. I guess let me just keep going with that. So um, I grew up in. I'm from Queens, New York, and I hated running, but my dad was uh, my dad was a big big runner. He uh, make, used to make us run this four-mile loop, me and my brothers, around uh, near our, our house. And I always thought it was a punishment. I always thought it was, a, it was like a chore, like my dad, dad was mad at me. And then uh, I guess in college I ran a little bit just for fun. I played some hockey and, uh, you know, growing up. And it wasn't until I started doing CrossFit. I started doing CrossFit in um, 2015. I met one of our good friends, Sal, through CrossFit, and Sal was the guy that actually got me to go swimming at Rockway a couple of years later. Um, the, the way that I got into running it was first was that because of doing four or five years of CrossFit, I bet my older brother, who was a marathoner at that time, I just bet him that I could beat him in a race. <laughs> um, and I trained for that. It was a 10K on a Saturday, followed by a half marathon on a Sunday down in Disney World in Florida. Oh, that, that race series where they do yeah. like five, yeah. 10, half marathon. So th- that's the dopey challenge. That's, okay. That one's a little bit more wild. We did this like Star Wars theme one. Uh, we dressed up a little bit what as well. It was very nerdy. So you went from nothing to, to what was repeat that? It was a 10K on a Saturday, followed by a half marathon on a Sunday. Wow, impressive. Plus walking around Disney uh, drinking beers and stuff. So, <laughs> uh, awesome. I did not beat my brother in either race. Uh, but I think from then on I got the bug. It, it was my first time ever literally doing. I was in Corral F, you know, Group Z because I had never had a, a race before uh, under my belt. Um, but right when that happened, my dad asked us how it went. We said, you know, Pierce crushed it. My brother crushed it. Uh, but I think maybe if it was a longer distance, I could beat him. So then my dad signed us both up for the Hamptons Marathon in 2019, and. I got beat again, but, <laughs> but, but point being is that f- from, from three months, four months training for the Disney race, 
I, I took a month off. Then I had three, four months training now for a marathon. And we were also doing the swimming stuff because that started in like 2018. So the bike came last. Then the bike came you. last for me. Uh, in 2019, he got on the bike. You, you I was used no your dad's good. bike back then. Yeah, yeah. and I was yeah. no good on that bike. You're using your dad's bike, yeah. But yeah, but point being is that it all kind of. I think we talked about this before we even started recording too. Is that it all kind of comes organically. It, you you find out what you're interested in, and not that we're mastering it or anything like that. Not by any means, right? We're all amateur at this, but it's just fun for us. And I think that once we get comfortable with one challenge one uh, discipline of fitness we're like how do i make this harder uh because (laughs) i i i I just want to keep challenging myself and find that new opportunity it's fun to combine them i mean for me i I, same way i grew up running was punishment football (laughs) lacrosse hockey you know suicides run a marathon uh, run a mile that was like our punishment i hated it in my 20s i didn't even run Uh, and then all of a sudden i i'm about to be 30 what am I doing with my life? I started doing adventure races. My first race ever was a Tough Mudder. Mm. And then I did a Go Ruck. And then I started doing adventure races. I I did this thing called the Lost Tribe out in Minnewaska Park, which was awesome. And it just grew from there. And I started swimming. Uh, One of my friends, Alex, on a whim was like, I'm doing this triathlon in Montauk. You want to do it with me? I did the whole event in my running shorts and and a running top. (laughs) Like I was totally green, you know? And now I'm hosting races. I mean, it's just, it's been an incredible ride. I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah, it's been a journey. Thank you, guys. Talk about Beast from Reese. That's the triathlon (laughs) club you guys. That's the club that we created. Yeah, man. Tell me about that. Uh, Yeah, so uh, again, my friend Sal and Kenny got me down to Rockway Beach in uh, the almost the it was september of 2018 for my first ever open water swim where i did not bring goggles a swim cap earplugs i did not have a wetsuit buoy or something no buoys i I, I think i brought just i think i brought just a pair of like nike running tights i don't know what i was thinking and i swam for about 100 meters keeping my head above water because i apparently did not even know how to swim and then i walked along the shore watching them swim i i gotta say though like it made a real impression on me that morning because I got to like watch the sunrise on the beach and it was just this beautiful sunrise and and you're swimming in the ocean in New York City right in like, Rockaway Queens yeah, man the, Rockaway beautiful Queens. just yeah. a really I it's, hope it's I don't know awesome, if the sarcasm man. is coming across but it's a little bit it's there's better water you can swim <laughs> but but I love it I love my Rockaway oh, Beach that's Rockaway's where I grew up clean, on the beach man. Rockaway is clean water <laughs> it's beautiful you see whales, you see dolphins. I mean, it's, it is really true. is. It's it's incredible. And there's nothing like swimming at sunup, seeing seeing the sun come up while you're on the water with your buddies. It's, it's really cool. It is a it, great it experience. It is next level. Multi-sport is an early morning person's uh, activity. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. be cut for it. Which it's means definitely... I'm a fish out of water here, but, uh, you know, literally. <laughs> you, and I don't swim. Rise? I'm very out of water because I, I do not yet. rise. We're going to get you. Yeah, we'll get you in the water. <laughs> yeah, we're getting we'll you in get the water. Um but talk about Jacob Reese. That's the beach, right? That's at the end of the Rockaways. Tell, tell me where, about the name. So, yes, so we, we started in Rockaway, and then uh, we kept getting our stuff stolen. <laughs> when so. I first met these guys, they were swimming at Beach 116th Street. And I'm like, what are you guys doing over here? They were getting their book bags robbed. I'm like, we got to go to Reese Park, where it's protected. You, 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 you know, they have lot. a parking lot. Like, you don't have to put money in the meter. There's bathrooms. There's bathrooms. Right? There's food later. If you these guys later. were so green. And, and like we started from a swimming group, 
I told them I was doing a triathlon and then everyone was like, you know what, let's do it with you guys. And our first triathlon together was uh, New York Triathlon, Rockaway 2019. Yes, it was. And that was the organization that you and, have now and, inherited. And, and Yeah, and yeah. that's how our group came together. We, we formed the Beast from Reese first. And, and like, yeah, and we ended up. Yeah, just, just a, like, and, and, and you know, a big part of the Beast from Reese, and, you know, shout out to all of our friends from that crew, if you're listening to yeah, this. Yeah, Sal, Dan, we love uh, you guys. I mean, there's, there's like 20 of us, yeah, but yeah, Mike, we love all Mary. you guys. Um, a, a really big turning point for that group was COVID, right? Because if we formed, in, if we were doing races in September 2019, it wasn't even six months before you couldn't leave your house, right? And... We, you know, all of us, especially in New York City, we're, we're all from here. So we couldn't go back home and visit mom and dad and all that. We were with mom and dad during all of it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, no, no shame on anyone. We that, still that wanted to, to train together. We, we, we still, still felt the to need things. to once once things were kind of loosened up in, in May and June when, when people were kind of going back outside again. It was like, guys, let's just do a long ride. Let's just go for a run. You know, we were wearing masks and stuff like this, but we still knew we needed to like get out there and do something. And all summer long, I remember I went to the beach four or five times in a week just because, well, A, it was beautiful. It was like the summer and there's, it was not, not a lot of people here. And we were biking there, running, swimming, everything. I just couldn't get enough of it. And we got more and more people from CrossFit organizations, from actually even racing New York Tri events. Yeah. We would get beat by people yeah. and we'd see who was on the podium. The Forget About It Triathlon <laughs> Series. Forget About we, It. We met uh, Mary. And Jacob. And Jacob, yeah. right. And John. And, and John. John. Yeah. Right, right. So, and we just started recruiting people and it yeah, just Yeah, we were like, grew. these guys on the top podium, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. uh, we want to talk to if you. If you can't beat them, join them, right? Yeah. We started poaching them. We, so, <laughs> we, we started pulling them into our circle and... Um, yeah, and, and that's really what helped us grow and, and made what was a really negative experience for many, many, people, many people yeah. there. We, we found the silver lining of it. And I think that was a really important thing for us, uh, especially in our growth and all that. And now we, we literally just hang out all the time. We have group chats. We, we, yeah, we, we go to group dinners. We, yeah. we, people have had babies now in our group. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's, yeah. it's truly a, a, a big family. And, uh, and I, I, I couldn't be prouder of the way that we've grown. Yeah. That's awesome, and you guys are a real club. You got obviously you got a real kit. I've seen the jerseys; it's nice. Yeah, our kit's yeah. nice. The, yeah. the design is right here. You I, did a good I, job. I do. I do. I think most of this. I think Sal did a couple. I I done like ninety percent of the designs for. We have a couple uh, racing shirt. Uh, you know, running shirts. Uh, we have a couple hats. We have uh, tri tri suits and all that. Um, I made custom ones for Sal and me to do uh, our Lake Placid Ironman last year, which was that was amazing as well. So yeah, we we try to legitimize ourselves and yeah. look fresh. Hey, look good, feel good, good play, play good. good. All right, That's right. I, you know. That's right. So I like that. That's I my like motto. That. I like that. If you come to the start line feeling good, you feel like I'm going to intimidate these people next to me. You know, like uh, exactly. they're going to be impressed. When there's a group of us doing a race and there's like nine wearing the same kit. I mean, I'm I'm so proud. Yeah, listen, you look at these clubs like Brooklyn Triathlon Club. You look at Tri Latino, yeah. right? You know, guys like this Onyx Multisport. I all love these good guys. I love when you know? they're all wearing the same. Yeah, it looks thing. cool. It's like a, it's like it's like a superhero team. So e even though it's like a, a individual sport, there there is like a club within it. You know, mm -hmm. like it, it's a family, really. Yeah, yeah, that's one aspect I think is really cool about. Uh, but it's an individual sport, but it can be a team sport if you make it that way. Yeah, which is, exactly. Which exactly. is one thing you guys are doing. From yeah, being like being, com being like intra competitive 
like sometimes we'll just do the loop of Prospect Park or Central Park, try to go as fast as you can, see what that Strava score looks like, oh, and then yeah. send it off to the group to say, ah, I moved up three spots. You're not in first anymore. I used to like it until a couple of these <laughs> kids joined up. Yeah, we, we do compete with the Prospect Park loop, the Central Park loop. Yep. The Strava thing is pretty heated. The other day, I just I ran in Central Park like on Sunday, and I was like, I'm just going to try to PR Harlem Hill, <laughs> and I'll see how I stack up in the group. I did PR it, though, so I was proud of myself. That's awesome. Harlem Hill is my favorite hill in New York City. Not that they're not that we're very mountainous here. A lot of the hills are bridges, but I love Harlem Hill. I have I have a hill for you, my friend. What's your favorite hill? Miller Miller Street or Miller Avenue? Describe it. Uh, It's like it's like a it feels like a sixty degree incline, a small drop off, and then another incline. It's uh, over by going up to Highland Park on the border of Queens and Brooklyn, Miller Street or Miller Avenue. I'm telling you, we call it the Miller Wall. It's brutal. And you run up that, you ride up that too. You we, could do either done, one. We've done sprint repeats up that. <laughs> run up, walk down, and Crazy. repeat. All right, New Yorkers or visitors, you heard it there. That's the best hill. Um, uh, <laughs> Hunter, we were talking about kit a second ago, jerseys. I love gear. I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead. I want to talk about shoes, if you don't mind. I love shoe talk. What shoes, what running shoes are you wearing? What shoes have you loved before? Is there any shoe comment you have for the Duathlon show today? Uh, absolutely. I believe that one one just quick tip is frequent running shoe uh, changes, like alternate your shoes day to, not day to day necessarily, but like depending on the distance that you're doing. If you're running on the track, maybe wear a, tra- a shoe that's specific for the track. If you're just doing slow, long distance running, wear that most comfortable padded shoe that you can. On race day, wear that carbon plated, light as heck shoe whatever and even even on those long days because if you're running a marathon and you're getting in 40 to 70 mile weeks even that everyday shoe you might want to have a double of that because from what i understand you know the the elasticity and the 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 foam all that it's getting pressed down as you're on that so it's not going to be as springy uh on monday if you ran 20 miles in it on sunday so hunter what what's your shoe rotation right now Do do you own multiple ones of course of course um and I and I will say I did a trail race uh, up in Maine called Last Man Standing back in September. So I was also looking into trail shoes at that point, and I bought even two trail shoes. So let me, if you want, I'll give you my yeah. my shoe rotation for my everyday running shoe for a long long mileage. I wear Brooks Levitate. I've worn them. They're, Brooks has a great uh, on their website. They have a great uh, questionnaire. You can kind of click through what you're looking for out of your shoe. I did that years ago. I got the Levitate. I've never looked back on as far as Brooks. So you get the same model every year, or this yeah. the upgraded yeah, model? Yeah, I just yeah, the same, same model. Levitate. I just changed the. I usually go for like a black or a white or something like that. Um, I got a pair of Hoka's as a gift. I don't know the Hoka Bondi. Okay. Or Bondi. The Bondi. Super Max Cushion, I believe. Yeah, that might be that, that offering. The, for them. That is the carbon plate. I feel they're a little chunky, but on some runs, or if it just goes better with my outfit, I wear those. Oh, nice. But those are, again, like an everyday shoe. My trail running shoes are Ultra. I don't know the the, uh, the specific type, but they were like a $70, like not Are those zero expensive. drop or barefoot zero, yeah, style? Yeah, they were zero drop, okay. zero drop. So that was really good for trail running. Uh, and actually about those, if I'm doing a run and a, like a gym session, I'll actually wear those because I like a zero drop shoe at the gym. And then for I lifting, it's probably safer, better yeah, for your ankles. And then right? I don't have to go run uh, or rather work out in bouncy shoes or run in flat shoes. They're kind of a good mix of both. But race day, it's the Saucony Elite Pro 
whatever that one is. It's like the bright green one. Is it an endorphin one? Or I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Saucony okay, Endorphin nice. Pro 2 or something nice. like this. It's like the bright, bright green. Those probably make you feel fast just standing still, right? You're waiting. Yeah. It, they, want, they want to make you go they, forward. Yeah, it's like you're leaning forward. So that's those are my go-tos lately. I just ran a marathon in Ireland with them. Uh, to I got sixth place in that marathon, so impressive. They they did pretty good for me. George, are you a shoe guy? I am a huge shoe guy. I agree with everything he said as far as having multiple shoes. I definitely agree with that. Uh, for me, I'm a little bit slower than he is. <laughs> I I don't think for a slower, if you're running above an eight minute pace, I don't think you need a uh, carbon plated shoe. I think it negatively affects you if mm. your pace is above an eight minute uh, pace. So I would always go, instead of the elite level shoe, the one right under that. Sometimes, yeah. like Saucony does, instead of a carbon plated, they do like a nylon plate or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Because if you, and I'm a little bit heavier than he is too, as far as like, um, I'm a little fatter. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I like, like I need more cushion. I, I appreciate a little bit more cushion, a little less plating. And I'll go, I'll always buy the shoe right underneath the elite one. Mm. Right now I'm using a, uh, I like for my everyday shoe, I like the Saucony Ride 13s or now probably up to 15s, I would assume. I use a Craft CTM. I like that shoe because it's a little bit off-road. It's a little heavier, but if for me, my body weight, it, it holds it pretty good. And I use a Nike. I always have a Nike in the rotation. So whatever's underneath the elite ones, I'll always ride. Like that's always my favorite thing. Nice. And I'm psycho. I, I don't like socks because I'm a triathlete. No. I don't wear socks. So I'll always try the shoe on just to make sure it's comfortable at the heel uh, by your Achilles so it's not rubbing. Uh, if it's not, I'll just return it. You never wear socks when you run? Uh, when I do triathlons and stuff, I don't. Oh, I mean, I I've, done that, I've done that in the yeah, tries. I, I won't wear them. Not on like a long run. That's wild. All right, mo- moving on to the another big the, the other big discipline in duathlon, cycling. Talk about your bikes, Hunter. What bike do you have, or do you have multiple bikes? T- talk to me about bike. Uh, okay, yeah. So as I mentioned before, my first races, I was borrowing my dad's Cannondale. Uh, he, my dad, is always a, an athlete. He was a big runner. He was a he had, he held, definitely held the speed walking uh, record in high school. Wow. At some point. Um, That's an Olympic sport. That's that makes it, it more real it, than it, duathlon, it, it, by it the is way. An Olympic sport. Way is. more real than duathlon. Yeah, I, just thought it was, <laughs> I just thought it was from Elk in the Middle. Um, but so my dad, my dad did a, a century ride for charity a few years back, and he got a Cannondale. And then someone suggested that he get tri bars on it. It was just a road, not just a road bike, but it was a road bike. So I took the tri bars that he had, I reinstalled them onto the bike so that I could get into an aero position. Um, but yeah, I was finding back when I first started that all of my friends were easily passing me on the bike and I, you know, I'm, I'm over 200 pounds. So like, maybe I thought it was that, that, I don't know. And eventually I settled on, I think I just got to get a new bike. Mm -hmm. And I think I just went for the visual aspect of it. Uh, looking at all the different options that are online, I get kind of like, uh, uh, option anxiety there's t- everything kind of looks yeah. the same choice paralysis choice or whatever. paralysis thank you um like cannondale made that bike for my dad they also make a bike that's like fifteen thousand dollars right uh what's <laughs> they it? make that felt, for the pros yeah. felt felt makes a bike that's five grand they also make a bike that's 12 grand like so you know it seemed to me that all these bikes are really similar what i settled on was uh quintana rue pr4 i believe i have 
it's all black with silver on it. I, I love black. Um, and then when, when that came in, I started crushing PRs. And that's uh, a real tri bike, right? That's yeah, not that's like a, a road yeah, bike with TT extensions, no, which you so have been it's a straight up, Yeah, it's a straight up TT bike. Everything's built into it. Uh, it's a really thin frame. It's really light. Um, Do you and, also own a road bike or is that your only rig at the moment? Or So I also bike as far as commuting. Uh, my, my work is generally all here in Brooklyn and I just, uh, I'm not a big fan of the subway. A ever since I started running and biking, I was like, it's kind of just faster to get around. Especially within Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 So unfortunately the road bike, I mean like the, the kind of like beater street bike I had got stolen a few years ago. Uh, one of the guys on our team uh, sold me his bike, which is a, an Orbea, I believe it's okay. called. Uh, um, fixie. Fixie, fixie. Fixie. fixie gear bike uh, and yeah, we are in Brooklyn apparently uh, I ride what's called suicide style because it doesn't yeah, have do. any brakes on it and I I'm not clipped in so uh, I've gotten really good at it and I only ride it in to certain distances and I always wear a helmet so um, so that's how I get around. I get around on a, on a fixie cause I'm a real Brooklynite. Wow. That's, that's real, uh, <laughs> New York city, uh, messenger fixie culture, uh, street cred there. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. Actually. My, my beater bike is a fixie. I use a state bike, regular fixie, $300 bike. Nice. Uh, for my race day, I have a 2019 Trek speed concept. Uh, there's a nice Trek dealer by me. Shout out to Verrazano bikes. Uh, Tom hooked me up with a beautiful setup. I uh, upgraded my wheels to uh, a Polish company from overseas. Uh, it's it's escaping me right now. Carbon wheels, though, lighter, Car something carbon like that. Carbon wheels, deep dish, 88 in the back, and I got a 60 in the front. And then for my everyday beater bike, I found this uh, low. I found this company out in Utah called A1 Bikes, I believe they're called, and I got one of their concepts for a road regular road bike, which I love. It's my favorite bike. Oh, you have three. Yeah, I have three bikes. Oh, wow. yeah, 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 I'm bougie. So you guys are race organizers, race directors, but I'm guessing you're also athletes yourself. Like, talk about you know what races are you guys planning to do next year or maybe this year? It's late. It's mid. It's uh, early December at the moment. Yeah, but, we're uh, building our calendar right now. Actually, uh, I'm doing uh, Jones Beach 70.3 this year. Unfortunately, I had to bail from last year, and I was able to push my registration to this year. That's my first one on the calendar. I don't, I don't have any yet. Yeah. Um, well, today is Wednesday, December 6th when we're recording yeah. this. And this morning I got this sad, sad news that I did not make it to the Berlin Marathon Lottery. Oh. So oh. that was a bummer. Tomorrow I might find out, I may find out if I get into Chicago. Uh, it's, it's my personal life goal. I've said this since, I don't know, maybe 2020. That I will run at least one marathon a year for the rest of my life until I die. Nice. I always want to be in good enough shape to be able to run 26.2 miles at least. So I've done one marathon a year since 2019, since my first one. Um, that being said, I'm waiting to see about Chicago. If I don't get into Chicago, then I will just find, I will go on a list and I'll find the best one. I, I'm, I'm aiming still for my first ever sub three marathon. I've, the closest I got was 30225. Ooh, so <laughs> close, man. You so close. Uh, yeah, th a 302 PR means you have to, yeah, you got to yeah, keep hitting gotta, up. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. so close. Got to go yeah. back. I, I, I keep choosing marathons that are not like net downhills. I keep choosing ones that are challenging and hard or at least, um, you know, visually interesting. And those tend to not be the really fast. What, ones. what was your time in Ireland? Ireland was 308. 
three holes. Yeah. And that's a tough course. And you man. were sixth place. Yeah. Sixth place. Nice. Yeah. Uh, everyone uh, in one through five place, sub three. <laughs> I was so close. Like man. nine minutes behind all those guys. Um, so, so, yeah, that's my goal. So, there will be at least one marathon next year. The group, Beast from Reese, we're talking about possibly, possibly Coeur d'Alene, 70.3, half Ironman. That's in, I believe, Idaho. I just heard it's one of the most iconic, beautiful courses you could ever be a part of. I had such a great time at Jones Beach this past uh, September. I'm definitely interested in doing that one again. It was rainy. It was cold. It was wet. (laughs) But somehow everyone was so fast and spirits were high. We were having a great time. It was like it was just it was like going to war that one. It was you were just out in the in in the thick of it. And it was really cool. Jones Beach is close to home because it's it's so similar to Rockaway. The training we do in Rockaway, it's like it's it's a no brainer. Jones Beach. Yeah. So you should have a home field advantage. Yeah. It felt like we did. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, but yeah. Other than that, I. I'm following a, a training program that's like like a hybrid athlete program. So most most days I wake up with a run and then I do some lifting at the gym. So that's just that's just my daily routine that keeps me happy and healthy and and, and keeps my mind right. But when I when I when I do have a race booked, I try to give myself about a 16 week training block and then I go full marathon prep for that. I still do the lifting on the side, but I definitely cater more towards the uh the running and making sure i'm getting in those mileage getting in those track speed workouts and stuff like that but we'll see we'll see i'll update you as soon as i can as race directors can you race in your own race organization's race will you ever want to i know you're putting on some rockaway races in your backyard he's he's trying to race in them i'm not letting him right now i'm not letting him but uh Maybe in the future we'll be able to Well, that's got to be a sacrifice for for serious or semi-serious athletes, however you guys want to describe yourself. I'm a semi-serious athlete myself. That's about as high as I think you're pretty serious, man. Well, thank you. I mean, you're winning them, so it's pretty good. Is it, were there, there must have been some sacrifices obviously involved. Uh, I just want to hear about that. Yeah. From, From what I understand, especially when we got to listen to the athlete briefing at Jones Beach, the, the race director of Jones Beach, from the story, uh, that, Corey, right? Corey, yeah. The story that Corey told, the race director of Jones Beach uh, this past year, he was an athlete. And it, it almost seems like the in- inevitable path that the athletes that really find this sport engaging and fun and interesting and those and are people themselves that like to give back, that like to be involved, that like to help other people and whatever – that's who becomes race directors. I feel like there's no race director that didn't start, start as an athlete. Co- coming yeah. from the sport yeah. itself. Uh, you know, I probably wouldn't even want that person directing the race. I mean, maybe there is a person that would. But what I'm saying is uh, this seems like such a natural progression and at the same time a great honor because, it, again, it being my first ever triathlon four, four years ago and now I'm, I'm the one like, you know, doling out those medals and, and giving these high fives and watching people cry. I mean, we've had um, we've already had amazing experiences this year uh, watching athletes, you know, grow and, 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 and challenge themselves and be become proud of themselves for what they did. Uh, so it, it's a really cool progression. I don't, I don't find it a sacrifice at all to not do our races because I'm still there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Training definitely takes a little backseat now the, that the, training, now, does, it, yeah. the training definitely is taking a backseat. Yeah. Uh, because you're just putting so much work, even though like it's not a everyday, you know, nine to five job. It is 
every day because you have to answer emails. You're always on call with some parks department or something like that. There's always something to do. What are some things about organizing races that us athletes, the participants would never think of? That you've learned so far in your experience. Everything costs something. <laughs> Everything costs money. Anything that can go wrong definitely goes wrong. Nothing. You have a plan, right? Like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get, until punched, they get punched in the mouth. mouth. And that's what happens every race. It's, it's, there's always a hurdle. There's a lot of X's and O's that go on behind the scenes. Permits, applications. There's always a plan that happens and then... You always find something leading up to the race that's changed, and you have to, you have to think on your feet. Like this is a very, like it happens fast paced. Just like with your racing, the, the the decisions that have to be made, especially on race day, it happens like that. And you have to be adaptable. You have to be, you know, you have to think on your feet and just be quick. That's actually one of the reasons that I really enjoy it. Um, what I enjoy about my former day job in the film industry is that. Same thing. You could plan for a sunny day and a, and a beautiful sunny right. shoot, and then it rains that day. But you 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 got everyone there. You got to you got to shoot that scene anyway. And I always loved the idea of a job that was not straightforward, but was constant problem solving. That you get to use your brain, uh, and and also whatever tools are around you to still make whatever you're doing a great success. And and I and just like George is saying, like thinking quick on your feet, like that is where you feel. Uh, really like worthwhile like in your heart you're just like oh my god i can't believe we pulled it off again like you know the hugs and the high fives and all that that's what makes it feel worthwhile we did a race last year in van Cortland park uh it was in early april it was pouring rain thunderstorming i got to our transition area and it was underwater i mean <laughs> Like up to my shins in water. So the duathlon turned into a triathlon. Is what you're that's that's unfortunate was, for me to hear. It was crazy. And uh, listen, that was my second event as a race director. I had no idea what I was doing. I moved the triathlon. The I moved the transition over to the next lot. We got in so much trouble. <laughs> and, and like the 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 parks department found out. They screamed and yelled at us. And I was like, what do you want me to do? Like, it's, yeah. it literally was flooded completely. But, you know, these are the things that happen. You just learn on your feet. It's a, it's a learning curve for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's been fun. I, listen, it's fun. <laughs> I like it. At the end of the day, yeah, like, it is. I, I just have a great time. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a lot of work leading up to it. But I, race, day is, race day is the best part. You know, loading Seeing everyone, seeing all the different groups that come together – all, all the camaraderie, you know, just to, it's it's a great environment. We try, like me and Hunter, try to bring that energy, like for you guys on race day. I hope I hope you see it. You've done a couple of our races. I hope you see it, like when you're coming to the finish line. It's it's that's what we want to bring, especially 2024 going forward. Absolutely. Yeah, and that that's exactly why I'm sitting here today, and why the duathlon show exists is because I signed up for a race through yeah. the NY Tri organization. So, absolutely. Um, medium let's say medium or long term what are some goals that you guys have for the organization you know you can think big you can think medium here but like where can you see yourself in two or five years with this organization we want to add more races to the calendar we want to add longer distance races to oh, the that's calendar. the big one we that's have one in the one. works i don't want to touch on it right now but i am working on it. both of us we are working on a longer distance race and because we, we just know that that's what's going to attract you know, our races are shorter. Doesn't mean that they're easy. Um, 
but we know that the people are going to really travel and it's New York City, right? The people will travel yeah, for longer distance here. places, right? Everyone's here. People want to come to New York. I mean, we saw at, at Iron Man Jones Beach, there were people from Canada, 4, 000, 4, 000 Mexico. It was, it, was, it was just, it was so cool to see people from all, all across the world that way. Um, so we, if we, get, we know that if we are able to get these longer distance races off the ground, that we're going to start to attract people from out of town, get these races bigger, get them going, uh, and make them just even more memorable than they've been for the yeah. last couple of years. And I also don't mind the local aspect of it. You know what? I, I, I don't mind that we have all these repeat people that do You've done how many races you did this year? Um, three or four. Yeah, three. Three yeah. or four. And, all, I, all the ones I was in town for, I signed up for. So awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Like, we have so many people that, that I see on that have done four or five races throughout the year. I like the idea of it being a close-knit community. You know the New York Tribe people. You see them. Like, oh, oh you've done a couple of these races. Mm-hmm. You, you see them. I, I like that. I, it's more like a club. Even though it's a race organization, it's also a club. It really is. Yeah. So, you know, down the line, a couple of years, I mean, to be honest, we're, try- we're working so hard on this year, and it's our, our first year, so... I, de- I definitely think that we're just trying to, you know, make it through and, and make sure that, that this year goes off as as best as, it, as that it could. Uh, and then uh, and then, yeah, just keep doing that year after year after yeah, year. I just want to grow. Keep building yeah. it and all that. Uh, so 2024 will be your first year. The two of you in charge inheriting the organization from Ron, mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, so taking it really race by race, I suppose. What are some uh, challenges you foresee or that you already know might happen in your first year? Or what do you what do you have on the brain there? Yeah. So without giving too much away, because, you know, we don't want to we want to make sure that everything that we're saying here actually comes to fruition. Right. We again, being athletes that were involved in this in this in this specific organization, said, "Oh, maybe I would change this. Maybe I would change that. Maybe this could be better. Maybe that could be better." So again, without giving anything anything away, I'm trying to make every you know every little aspect of this race better. Yeah, make like make the, the merch a little bit could be merch, better. Make the merch better. Make the medals already maybe better. Our Prospect Park duathlon. I got news for you. The second leg of that race, you're running uh, the third leg of the race. You're running the whole park from now on. I extended it. Yeah, changes Sorry. like that, right? So Prospect Park, the one that you just did with us, Andy, was uh, the the short loop first. We're gonna end it with the long loop, with yeah, the full you're doing loop. That full loop. You know, baby. we're we're just trying to keep these races engaging, interesting, and and upgrading them in any way that we, we that we can. Uh, so it's 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 challenging to stay on top of all of that uh, because we have great ambition and we see such great things for this organization uh but it's now us in charge so we're the ones that if we want it to happen we're taking that initiative ourselves to 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 make it go forth so and we're totally approachable we're not like if you ever have questions you can email us you can Mm -hmm. call us you you can talk to us on race day we're always approachable so you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah i love that i love that and i did i saw that change i love the change you guys have planned for the prospect park duathlon making that second run i think it's 3.3 miles right uh upping it from the 2.1 on the first loop um any chance we'll see Harlem Hill back in the Central Park races? Do you know when that construction's going to be done at the bottom oh, of the hill? They're, the they're behind on the construction. As soon as it's finally ready, we will. 
I don't think you're going to see it in 2024, but hopefully 2025 you will see it. Okay, I've got a dream. I've got a 2025 dream to race up uh, Harlem Hill, I mean, which I, I have not I done yet. I hear there's going to be a pool available in 2025, That's, so I don't know. Well, hopefully. I was just there on Sunday, and it did, it's it's almost it look, ready. No, it looked pretty. It looked vacant. pretty ready. Oh. Did you have you been there lately? I I have not super well. Actually, I have, but I'm always running at night or riding at night, oh. so I can't see very well into the kind of refurbishment uh, they're doing of no. the Harlem Mirror up there and yeah, then the yeah. rink in the pool in uh, in Harlem at the top of Central Park. But um, yeah, I would love that to. is. So, we are going to get that back to you. It's which going to take a little time. Bear with us for 2024, but hopefully 2025 we're back to. And they to used that. to do full triathlons in Central Park, right? Swim oh, in the pool. Oh, we we. So you've done that. Back in wow. back in 2017, we used to do triathlons there. So hopefully we can bring it back. We're just waiting for the pool to be done finally. Yep. I mean, what, what, I was actually, when I was on my run on Sunday, I was like, man, we could do all of it right here. It'd yeah, be so no, cool. It's, just, it's a beautiful and it, place, And maybe even man. like a longer distance. I was just like, you know, fantasizing about it in my head. But I was like, why not here? I'll do two, I'll do two laps on the bike. Shout out to Hugo. We love you, buddy. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. That'd be amazing. Yep. That would be really cool. Let's pretend you have like an unlimited budget and that any city agency has to say yes to you. Like what's a crazy race idea you might want to do? You can say Verrazano Bridge, like the marathon or something you could say. Well, I'll give my buddy Sal Carfassi his dream. <laughs> he wants to do a triathlon in Shirley Chisholm State Park, yep. which is the one, uh, the next park over to, to Rockaway. It's a beautiful, they just refurbished the whole thing. It's gorgeous. You Right off, right off the belt. It's right off the belt parkway. You, you can, I think, swim in that water. I'm not sure if you're allowed to I'm yet. Not sure. But if we have an unlimited budget, I would find a way to make that happen for my buddy Sal. Yeah, there's a there's a it's a great bike route uh, that goes from Shirley Chisholm all across the belt parkway. It goes over the Gil Hodges Bridge. You can hop onto uh, the boardwalk, passing Jacob Reese Beach. Hop onto the boardwalk. And uh, and then come back up the cross the cross yeah, bay you bridge. You can make it happen. It takes it, a little. You know, it takes it's, a little, it's a big course. Actually, it's wait, well, cost I, money. I'll just say like when when it was 2020 and the beats from Reese were just training all the time. We did a, a, our own inaugural, you know, unsanctioned, oh, yeah. you know, private, not really private, but we were just were messing around. It was basically a training session. We did a, a half Wild Ironman. Cat, Wildcat half Ironman. Yeah, we yeah. did, we did so our we, own unsanctioned race. We did a, a half Ironman at, at swimming in, in uh, Jacob Reese Beach, right in the uh, in the ocean, and then we did a two loops of that bike course I just described down the boardwalk over those two bridges, uh, and then a, a full half marathon run from. Jacob Reese Beach, all the way down to Beach Nine, the total end of the Far Rockway Boardwalk, and back. back. Yep. It was a perfect thirteen point one mile run. If somehow in a I mean, perfect that's a beautiful world, course. that was that. I mean, that's a half Ironman course. That's like not yeah. even an Olympic. That you know. So yeah, if, but that's the future. Yeah, that's definitely... as long as you run a duathlon option on the same day. I'm there. Hell yeah. We're always going to have a duathlon option for you guys. Absolutely. We well, we're going to get you in the water, man. I'm telling you. You're going to swim. You're going to swim with us. <laughs> Swimming is for the fishes. Uh, let's move into some fun questions now. George, I'll start with you. Headphones in on runs and rides or no? You're not a headphone guy. Oh, my God. I am psychotic. I go through phases. I have, I have been uh, a no headphones guy for the whole summer. But now I'm kind of now that it's colder out, I'm kind of transitioning back into headphones and podcasts again, uh, like uh, Nick Bear podcasts. I really like uh, 
uh, what's the one? What's the one? With rewatchables. The, rewatchables. I'm really, into, <laughs> I'm really into rewatchables. Is that the Bill Simmons? Bill network? Simmons. Yeah, Bill ringer, Simmons. That's ringer, my guy. Yeah. That's my guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm trending back to headphones now. And and you're usually po- uh, podcast instead of instead no of music. music. No music. Just podcast. Hunter, what about, what about you? Uh, always depends on the distance of the run. Uh, shorter runs, I'm absolutely fine with music. I'm also fine with no music. Uh, track workouts, definitely no music. I feel like track, I'm always with friends and we're always challenging each other, so no music there. Longer runs, I love a good podcast. I'm the same. It's either uh, the Nick Bear podcast, Rewatchables, or my other favorite film podcast, Unspooled. Um, and I'm like, uh, when I was training for the ultra marathon where it was an un- unlimited amount of distance i was trying to aim for 50 miles I, my longest run was 32 mile training run so i ripped through i think two full podcasts and then i was like i don't want to hear anyone else speak so i went back to music f- for the end of that um so oh but i will say on sunday when i did this most recent run uh, i was like 20 miles on sunday i totally just forgot my headphones and i thought it was going to be miserable and i can't tell you i just i just had a great run i I was alone in my thoughts, and yeah, it's it was, nice to reflect. Yeah, it, it, it was, is. It was, and I ran through Central Park, West Side Highway, over the Manhattan Bridge. I ran into some people I just knew randomly. If I was wearing headphones, I wouldn't have caught some of these people. They were shouting my name on the on the street. I swear to God. And I was this like, guy's oh, popular." I turned my I turned my head, and I was like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" Um, so, I would say if you are a headphones person, try going without, and if you always go without, pop them in, listen to a podcast, learn something, and just change it up. Uh, this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Hopefully. Listen to the duathlon yeah. show. Listen That's to this right. episode specifically. Um, here's a logistics question. I'm fascinated in this, but I never see anyone talking about it. Do you carry your phone on runs? Probably yes. How do you carry your phones when you're running? I never carry a phone, honestly. Ever since I got a sports wash, I, I use uh, Koros Pace Two. Ever since I got this, I I got rid of my phone. I don't even care about it. What if you had an emergency? Yeah, they'll have to find me. <laughs> they'll find me somewhere. I, I'm always with my phone. And what I prefer are this, uh, this shorts and pants company called Wolico. And they have a sweat-proof phone pocket and another sweat-proof pocket for keys or nutrition. They're like, they have tights. Like, 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 and then they also have shorts with the material over the tight as well. And they also have long pants. Those are my favorite things to run in. I've run a couple marathons in those. And then if I don't have those, if they're in the washer, so to speak, I might wear a, a running belt with water bottle holders and a zipper pocket for my phone. So, yeah, I, if I'm listening to music or a podcast, wait, this one plays music? No, no, no. If I was listening to music, honestly, I would just hold it in my hand. It really you can run with me. your phone in your hand? Yeah, it wow. doesn't bother me. I mean, I yeah, because I used to, I'm Greek. We used to play with keys. It's called gomboloi. I <laughs> Like it doesn't bother me. Yeah, All right. it really doesn't bother me. Fascinating. I could never do that. I'll ask you guys. I, I think I've got to be the only person who does this. I always train on training runs in a cycling jersey. So I can put the phone in the back pocket and then I kind of tuck the cycling jersey into my running shorts. My girlfriend does the it same thing. It looks very Okay, so there are yeah, at least my, two of my us. My girlfriend does the same thing. Yeah. You run you run in a cycling jersey? I run jersey? in a cycling jersey. It doesn't always. bounce out? No, because I've got it under the oh. hem belt line in my running shorts. So it's kind of <laughs> secured there under the shorts line. I mean, um, I think that that's a... That's works a for me. Hack. I like that. Yeah, listen, my, I, like I said, my girlfriend does it. It, it. For women's triathlon jerseys, the pockets are so small. So she started wearing the, the three-layer the three pockets much better. Oh, makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. 
What's your what's your big training day or race day breakfast? I don't know if those are two different breakfasts or the same one, but maybe let's, let's just say a big training day. You know, you're gonna have a big Saturday or Sunday. What are you eating? I personally, me, I have GI issues. I can't eat a huge. I I just can't do it. I can't eat a huge breakfast. I do little things just frequently. That's it. So you're not eating the pro cyclist uh, three no, egg I, omelet and I, a bowl no of rice way. and. There's no uh, way I could do that. There's no way. <laughs> Hunter, how about you? I start most mornings like training or not usually doing intermittent fasting just having a black coffee and like a lemon water with some pink sea salt so when it is a big training day i don't go out of my way to overeat because usually even when i'm running or working out it's generally on an empty stomach though if it's something big i know i got something going on i went for i'll go for apple peanut butter maybe a small thing of oatmeal uh, all real. I try to go for some real foods, bananas, you know, fruit stuff like that. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I don't like eggs. Not an egg person. Like, I just don't like eggs crazy. at all. I agree. That's like so. I'll if I eat them, it has to be with like a bunch of stuff in them, and they have to be scrambled. <laughs> oh, no way. I, I will never eat an egg yolk in my life. Uh, so I really avoid stuff like that, and then I don't eat like I don't really eat bacon a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I'll eat on the run. I'll have like some, some snacks like cl- little Cliff bars or waffles and stuff like that. I, I think whole foods, real foods, are easier on the stomach as opposed to gels. Gels really like just don't sit well after you've had like three gels. It's mm. like that's it. No so, more. Yeah, the last thing you, you just, want is yeah, another. You gel. can't do gels, <laughs> yeah. like especially on the long ones. I'd rather just eat plain bread and pe- a little peanut butter. That's pretty much the easiest on that, thing. On yeah. that 32 mile run I ran, I had a baguette in my pa- in my pack. <laughs> I had just a just just a, a loaf of bread in my pack, <laughs> and like that I could handle. I know it I was could, great. You know, the gels I can't do. It was it's great, nuts. man. I love that. It sounds very French to run with a baguette. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's the uh, WBST question: Wine, beer, spirits, or teetotaler? You can go first. What's your favorite? What's your preferred? Like while I'm working out? Yeah, just like... <laughs> no, not while you're working out. Let's just say, you know, a Friday evening, uh, kicking back to relax. I am a, through and through, I'm a beer guy. I love my breweries. I love my craft beer. Uh, I love to travel and try new breweries. I love to travel and race, so I kind of put all these things together. I'll go and sign up for a race somewhere, California, whatever, and I'll be like, okay, great. I did that race. Now I'm going to have 12 beers. Nice. Yeah. There's nothing more rewarding than the post-race beer. It, there's really there's nothing more rewarding. Uh, my girlfriend ran uh, the Berlin Marathon two years ago, and I've just been on a German beer kick ever mm-hmm. since. Like a dark German beer is like the best thing for me right now. Spotten. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, Hofbra. Hofbra. Yeah. Um, Hunter, you mentioned coffee earlier. You said black coffee. Is that how you take your coffee usually? Well, I love the coffee question. A hundred percent. I have a, a, a like a cold brew maker thing, and then I also have a carafe in my fridge. So I literally have a constant flow of black cold brew at all times. Uh, that fuels the athlete well, does it not? Of course. Coffee's the best thing. If I don't have that, I'm like, I, I'm like out of sorts. But I almost never go get coffee at coffee shops and stuff like that. Also, I never drink hot coffee if I can avoid it. I'm afraid of burning my tongue. Interesting. Oh my God. So I just, I don't know I'll, how I'll have, this I'll have, I'll have ice, ice black coffee in, in February. On the coldest day of the year. I don't care. I'm drinking it. I'm like the complete opposite. I want it lava hot, burning my insides, electric percolator, and dark no sugar. That's that's my coffee order. Um, 
how about this? Favorite piece of kit or gear or tech for running or cycling or fitness in general? You can well, name one, one or two. That's, that's, that's a great that's question. A Anything question, that yeah. brings you joy in the sport. Hmm. Uh, I'll say for tech, I love carbon wheels. There's nothing better than a nice carbon aerodynamic wheel to make me look faster. <laughs> nice. I really appreciate I it. When you, when you upgrade your bike wheels, which I've done oh, as well. So nice, man. Uh, it's so sexy. It's People compliment the shit oh, out of your bike. Oh, man, yeah. Like, that's a pretty nice bike. How much does that cost? I was like, you yeah. don't want to know, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed to tell you, but but I, I appreciate that I look fantastic on them. Um, yeah, I think, I think like, when you upgrade your bike with this couple different things, especially, like, the wheels, that just, like, it does look really elegant. I'm trying to think, like, if, I, if that's my fi- – I mean, I, I think my Coros is definitely – Yeah, race watch, I live, race watch is a game changer. I, I live and breathe with this thing. Like, yeah. I, I need to know my steps, my calories. I need, This one tells me what time the sun rises and sets, which is actually really important for me because I'm not going to go run if it's super, super yeah. dark out. Or if I want to catch the sunrise, I want to know when that's going to happen. So I, I think if I could lose everything and only have my Coros watch, I think that would be fine with me. And I think I have two more, actually, because I love gear. I'm a tech guy. I love a good uh, uh, sports hat, a, a tech mm-hmm, hat, like, like Seal. Hat. Seal's like a really big company right now for that. And Boca. Runner, Boca, like those are really good companies. I love my running hat. I'm bold. I worry about my head, <laughs> you know? So a running hat is good for me. And a, and a race day belt is like mm. one of those little things you don't think about until it's race day and you don't have to put those pins on your jersey. Like the race yeah. belt is awesome. Yeah, Shout but- out to Ron, who went back home after showing up to the Ironman this past September. And the only piece that I didn't have, the uh, only piece of equipment that I didn't bring, even though New York Tri, the organization we work for, supplies them, we was a race belt. We have our own race belts. Yeah, we have our, we have own, our race own race belts, and he forgot it. And that's what I forgot. And, and again, shout out Ron. He literally showed up to the race, then drove back to his house, got a race belt for me, and gave it and delivered it to me yeah. before Ron's the, the man. race started. Ron, Ron really is awesome. He's changed our lives. I mean, the guy really is. Yeah. He's gone above and beyond for us. Yeah, I love that guy. Well, I mean, that generosity of spirit that you're just describing there, I can see it in you guys, and I feel like the organization's in great hands. You know, this is how I got into the sport, New York Triathlon Organization, so I'd like to thank you guys for taking it over. I can't wait until March yeah. of, uh, what is it? When's the yeah, March, March Classic Duathlon? March 24th, March 24th man. Registration opens December 15th. I hope to be here. And is it nytry.org, is that right? Yep. yep. We'll have links in the episode description as well. Um, I'd like to thank George and Hunter for uh, joining us on the Duathlon Show today. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. We appreciate it, Thank man. you so much, this man. This was great. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Duathlon Show interview with George Kutsadonis and Hunter Leiden of New York Triathlon. It was a pleasure speaking with them, and I really couldn't think of two better guests for the show's very first interview episode. NY Tri is an incredibly welcoming organization with races that cater to the raw beginner as well as the obsessed amateur. I should know. I've been both. The organization has the motto, anyone can try, and for me, that's really true. Visit their website at nytri.org and check out the race calendar for 2024. Early bird registration for the 2024 season has already begun. If you live in or near NYC, do check out their calendar and maybe sign up for a duathlon. You might end up racing against me, and you'll definitely get an opportunity to meet George and Hunter. And even if you don't live in NYC but want to visit anytime between March and November, why not add a bit of racing to your tourism? You can rent a bike from NYTRI's local bike rental partner. Thanks again to my guests, and thank you for listening. 
Stay dry, everyone. You can follow The Duathlon Show on Twitter and YouTube at The Duathlon Show. Questions or comments? Show at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a good rating and review on the platform where you found it and tell your friends. You can support The Duathlon Show by donating at ko-fi.com slash theduathlonshow. 